Veronica, you did awesome. Well, good morning. It is odd to be here without Ben. I know he's watching online. Babe, we miss you. He's doing a lot better. Um, thank you so much for your prayers. I don't think we've ever felt so loved in our life than the last two weeks. Um, the first week, if for those who don't know, my husband, who's the pastor here, was in a dirt bike accident and severely hurt his leg. And um, surgery wasn't for a while, and I, I was so confident God was going to heal him. I couldn't believe with so many prayers that he still needed surgery. But God uses doctors too, and I'm so thankful because since the surgery, he's healing and doing a lot better. But it was a long eight days of excruciating pain. And um, he's a trooper, and he has high pain tolerance. Like, he is really one of the best patients ever. <laughs> and he was in so much pain, which is hard to see somebody you love in so much pain, and you cannot help them. Talk about crying out to the Lord, <laughs> both of us crying out to the Lord, but we would not have survived without you guys in your prayer. I mean, people rushed to my house to take care of my kids without me asking. I came home to a cleaner house and, you know, Nick at the hospital, I'm like, Nick, go home because only one person can go back. And he said, I'm not going anywhere. And Todd, you raced up there and somebody snuck in. I don't know how they got past security. <laughs> food being delivered. And I told Ben, man, she get hurt more often. This is really working out for me. <laughs> but thank you for being such an incredible church family. Like, wow, a lot of people have our backs and that just felt so good. And, and just your prayers and checking on us. So thank you. Um, he was so sad not to be here. And I said, well, Treat it as vacation. When do you ever get to rest? Read good books and just encounter the Lord. It's going to be such a short season. But for anybody who knows Ben, that's like easier said than done. <laughs> um, so I'm so excited to share today. Um, I'm going to talk about faithfulness this morning. It's not really a Mother's Day message, but I'll throw some stuff in there because <laughs> it's a message for all of us. But the title of my message is Faithful in Every Season. And um, I was just, you know, recalling my history with the Lord. If anybody's been saved for a few years, you already have history with the Lord. And if you've been saved for a long time, it's so powerful to reflect back where you started and where God has brought you. Sometimes you forget. You know, I mentioned a couple months ago, I had lost my journals when I first got saved. And Somebody sent them back to me. So to see those early writings as a baby Christian, it's so fun to see the journey. And God is so faithful. But I'm talking about faithfulness in every season. And if you have your Bible, will you turn to Matthew 25? Matthew 25, I'm going to talk about... Um, the parable, Jesus spoke in parables because he was talking to people who didn't really know the word. And there wasn't a lot of word written in Jesus' time. There was the Torah. So he gave illustrations with parables. So he would say the kingdom of heaven is like this because he's trying to describe what this amazing kingdom is like, but it, they have no concept of it. And so he would use parables. So one of the parables is the parable of the talents. And... Um, in verse 14, this is Matthew 25, verse 14, it says again, so over and over, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a trip. And this is like representing Jesus. I'm going to go to my father, but I'm coming back. And he says, um, he called together his servants and gave them money to invest while he was gone. He gave five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, and one bag to the last. Dividing in proportion to their abilities, then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of gold began immediately to invest the money and soon doubled it. The servant with two bags of gold also went to work and doubled the money. But the servant who received one bag of gold dug a hole in the ground, hid the master's money for safekeeping. After a long time, their master returned from the trip and called to give an account of how they used the money. The servant, who had he entrusted five bags of gold, Sir, you gave me five bags of gold to invest, and I have doubled it. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, and now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Another translation said, let's enter into the joy. And then the next, the servant who received two bags of gold with the report, Sir, you gave me two bags of gold to invest. And now I've doubled the amount. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, and now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Or another translation says, I'll make you a ruler over much. You've been faithful with little, I'll make you a ruler of much. Um, then the servant with one bag came and said, sir, I know you're a hard man harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid that I would lose your money. So I hid it on the earth and here it is. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. You think I'm a hard man? Do you harvest crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate? Well, you should have at least put my money in the bank so you would have had some interest. Take the money away from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of gold. Now this is verse 29. Those who use well what they've been given even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. To those who use well what they've been given, whether it's one talent or two talents or five talents, and you know God said all that was little, even though there were different amounts, he considered that all little compared to what God wanted to give them. But he wanted to see what they were going to do with it, and he said those who use well what they've been given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. You know, we serve an abundant God, he, and he loves to bless us. But sometimes the blessing can crush us. And so he gives us little by little, you know, to see how faithful we'll be with the little. Um, life is full of seasons. And I've noticed that my season now is preparing me for where God wants to take me. Your season now is not a waste. And sometimes you look at the season, you're like, nothing's happening. God's not doing anything. But with the little, whether you have little or much, what are you doing with this season? Because it, it will either catapult you into where God wants to take you, which is always abundance and always more. We have no idea how much God has for us or whether we stay in a perpetual, never-ending season. And it really is how faithful we're going to be. Um, all three servants were given little, according to God. So that word faithful, um, I looked it up, and it has two meanings. Faithful means 
being consistent, showing up. And I like what Steve Backlund said last week, and he said, faithfulness is not just showing up. It's showing up with a good attitude. Isn't that true, right? I tell my kids, don't just do it. Do it with a good attitude. That makes everything. But God says that to us too. It's not just doing it. Because the Israelites left Egypt, and they were doing it, but with grumbling and complaining. That didn't get them anywhere, you know. So faithfulness is showing up with a good attitude. But the second part, I think, is more powerful. Faithfulness means full of faith, abiding in the promises of God. What does that mean? That means no matter what season I'm in, how little it looks, how insignificant it looks, I am abiding in the promises of God. It's about to get better. That is so powerful to be faithful, abiding in the promises of God, that this season is just going to get better and better and better. We're called to go from glory to glory. There's something about the faithfulness, abiding in the promises of God, knowing the goodness of the Lord that carries you and prepares you for the next season. And I don't know, maybe you're like in the best season ever. And I'm telling you, you have no idea what God has for you. There's so much more. We get real comfortable, you know, in the goodness of the Lord, but God has so much more. If we are abiding in the promises and dreaming with God, what could God do? And so whatever season you are, are being faithful. Those who abide in my promises stay full of faith, even when things look small and not much is happening. I don't know about you, but I've been in a lot of those seasons, you know, and, and it just kind of... It just kind of ebb and flow with the Lord. I love what Bill Johnson says. He said, we go from glory to glory, but sometimes there's hell in the hallway. <laughs> the last two weeks has been a little bit of hell. But I've been abiding in the promises of the Lord, knowing that we're going back into glory. You know, and it's abiding in the promises. Ben and I say every day, it's getting better. This God is preparing us for something great. Not that God ever brings tragedy or sickness or any type of season like that but he will use it because he is a god of restoration so you might feel like you're in the never ending season of winter or you might be in springtime and you're enjoying life either way i'm telling you we so limit god in our life and what he can do that's the thing i think is so sad is a church who won't believe right? Believe all that God has. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Actually, I'm going to start with verse 6. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. Oh, chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. And um, this is Paul, and he says, yet when I'm among mature Christians, so he talks about there's baby Christians and mature Christians. This is seasons and how God wants to mature. Just as a baby, you know, your, your baby, you want to spoil your baby. But you're not going to give your baby a car to drive as a newborn or five or six because they wouldn't be responsible to do that. You know, but as your child matures, you can give more and more responsibility to your child, right, as they're faithful with it. 
You know, our kids always say, okay, what age do we get a phone? What age do we get this? What age do we get to drive? And we say, it's not an age. It's when we can trust you. You know, with God, it's not an age. I've been a believer for 20 years. I should have this. But it's not. It's, have you been faithful and do you believe? You know, the promises come by faith and patience. You know, because God wants to make sure the blessing does not crush us, that we can handle it. You know, God, I want more finances. I want this. But are we faithful with a little? Are we generous with a small income? Because if we're not generous with a small income, I guarantee you will not be generous with a large income. Everybody says they will, but it's not true. (laughs) Money only magnifies what's in your heart. And glory and fame and however God uses you, the gifts of the Lord, it only magnifies what's in your heart. And God cares about our heart and our character to carry these blessings so that he gets the glory. He will not share his glory. He gets the glory. Okay, back to verse 6. So when I'm among mature Christians, I, I speak words of wisdom. He's like, you can handle this. But not the kind of wisdom that belongs to the world. But the kind of wisdom that, um, but not the kind that appeals to the rulers of the world being brought to nothing. No, the wisdom we speak of are the secret wisdom of God, which is hidden in former times. Though he made it for our benefit before the world began. Verse 8. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. And if they had, they would have never crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures meant. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for them who lo- for those who love him. But we know these things because God has revealed to us by the Spirit. And the Spirit searches out everything and knows the deep secrets of God. What is this saying? God has so much stuff for us. Our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard what God has prepared for us. And we only receive them through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. And as we mature, Paul said, I can talk about these things because you're mature and you'll get it. So as we mature, as we go from season to season, our maturity, our wisdom grows that we can understand and receive the upgrade that God has for us. It's really easy to look at somebody else's life and compare, say, why do they have that? Why does it look so easy for them? But we have no idea the sacrifice, the faithfulness that somebody has walked through. You know, sometimes you look at somebody's life and you're like, oh, they have like so much glory and everything's easy for them and look it. And it's like, (laughs) no, it's faithfulness. You don't know that person on their face before the Lord, abiding in the promises of the Lord, declaring over their family, over their lives. You don't know what their last season looked like. We just like to judge the current season, you know? But God sees all. He's the God who sees all. And then Ephesians 3. Turn over to Ephesians verse 3 and 20. Now glory be to God, by his mighty power at work within us, he is able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare to ask or hope. You know what that's saying? He wants to do more in your life than you're even bold enough to ask for. 
He is waiting on us to be faithful in this season, but abiding in the promises, saying, God, I'm going to be faithful where I'm at, but I'm not staying here. There's an upgrade coming. There's promises for me, and I'm abiding in this, and I'm going to do this with faithfulness because I know it's a season, and I'm going from glory to glory, and there's more. He loves that. He loves that. He said, I can do infinitely more, infinitely more than you're even bold enough to ask me in your life. He is limited on our prayers and our faith, asking and requesting, and our faithfulness in the season we're at. Sometimes God can't even tell us the things he has for us because we won't believe him. <laughs> um, I remember I was in Cancun on a mission trip sounds glorious, but it was not. We were in the inner city of Cancun, okay? Let me just say that. And um, I had started the orphanage in Kenya, so I wanted to go to Kenya. My heart was in Kenya, and the Lord kept closing the door, and the leadership of my church said it's not the timing. And it was really confusing to me because the Lord spoke the orphanage. I had raised the money for the orphanage, and I was supposed to go. And this trip came to Cancun, and to go to Cancun, and my mom's like, Kara, I really feel like you're supposed to go to Cancun. I'm like, I don't want to go to Cancun. My heart is in Kenya. And, um, you know, but I submitted. I, they, I got a lot of prophetic words, and I was supposed to go to Cancun. So I'm in Cancun for three months with a team. And basically, in Cancun, I ended up being the mom. I'm cooking and cleaning for these missionaries, Ben and some other guys that do nothing. <laughs> He's watching. <laughs> Lazy boys is what I thought, you know. I'm cooking and cleaning. I'm like, I could do this at home right? But God so encountered me in Cancun because, and you know, like I can't do anything because I don't know the language. I mean, really, I'm just thinking, God, seriously. I don't even get to be on the beach. And um, we went to a service of a pastor and the pastor's daughter came to me and she had really broken English. So she had like a translation book and she said, God woke me up in the night and a movie theater screen came down, and I saw into the future of your life. She didn't know anything about me, and she said, God has given you heaven on earth homes with tons of kids. She described my future husband perfectly. I see this tall man next to you holding your hand, and you're so happy, and God says he's going to bring you a spouse who's going to like, um, help you cultivate what God has put in your heart. And she just described it, and she said that it's called Heaven on Earth Homes. Well, I was reading a book by Bill Johnson, Heaven on Earth. She had no idea. Then the next day, she was driving, and she pulled off the road because, again, the vision came like a movie screen. And, and I'm just writing details and details, and there's some things where I'm like, ah, that would never happen. Who me? You know? But God started revealing my future by the Spirit. God took me to Cancun, well, one, because, you know, I met Ben, my future husband, which I had no idea, and I didn't have the best attitude. <laughs> I should have been a little more faithful. <laughs> but to reveal the things, I have a journal with all of the details. She has specific names of people that are going to come into my life. 
She had rooms labeled. I mean, she had the ministries and organizations that donated into this place. And she said it's not, she had from kids all the way to high school and then also rooms of the elderly who've been abandoned by their kids and their family and have no place. And she saw this huge round table of the older people just having dinner together and just family. I mean, just the detail of this. What I'm saying is we have no idea how big God is. We so underestimate him. So whatever season you're at, it's a being faithful, abiding in the promises. What are the promises? They're so good. They're so good, whatever season of life you're at. As we mature and stay faithful, more and more comes. Um, whether you're in a sing, uh, season of singleness, do that well. A single, I mean, a season of raising little babies, that's exhausting, having little ones. You know, you don't get a lot of sleep. You don't really get out of your yoga pants much, you know, or see other human beings. By the way, it's really nice to get out. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but, you know, in that season, can you do that well? When nobody sees, when you feel like you have no glory, I mean, your babies don't really say thank you to you. They're super needy. <laughs> you know, in that season of delighting yourself, of being faithful and saying, God, thank you for giving me these babies. I remember um, Victoria did not sleep very well. Hannah and Victoria just were not great sleepers. I mean, they just weren't. I tried to confess it over them, but <laughs> I brought Hannah home from the hospital. Hannah was born uh, five o'clock in the morning and they released us the same day. They're like, she is smart as a cookie and she, her, her scores are great. You can go home. I didn't even stay the night in the hospital. She didn't sleep all day long. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have the best night of sleep. I was so tired because I was up at two o'clock in the morning when he went into labor and we had to stop and get gas because my husband did not fill up his truck. I'm just throwing them under the bus today. Every day that week, I said, please get gas. Please don't even worry. Well, guess what? I'm nine centimeters and we're getting gas. 30 minutes away from the, He's not here, so I can just say all this. I get to the hospital and they're like, in, and she was delivered immediately. So we get home and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sleep so good. Her eyes were open all night long. I'm like, oh, you stinker, you're strong. I knew she was strong. <laughs> so my fifth, Victoria, also wasn't a great sleeper. Like, she had to be on me, close to me. She's so affectionate. So if she wasn't on me, she didn't sleep well. Well, I never believed in co-sleeping, so I kept putting her off, you know? <laughs> I guess you have to change in every season, but um, what was I saying about that? The lack of sleep. Something. There was something, there was some point to that story. <laughs> Anyways, without grumbling and complaining and doing every season with faithfulness and just telling myself, I will sleep one day. I will sleep one day. My kids are going to be raised and I could sleep all day long if I want. You know, like I had to have this like hope, this abiding in the promises, I will sleep through the night again. I will say the last two weeks I've had my sixth child because we were up every two hours with medication and icing. I'm like, Lord, thank you for stopping at five. I am just like, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I need my sleep. I've done that. I've raised my kids. But, um, you know, or maybe 
Maybe you're in a season where you're in a job you hate or a horrible boss or coworkers. But can you abide in the promises knowing that God has more? Will you be faithful? Will you be the hardest worker? Will you show up with a good attitude? Because just showing up is not faithful. But showing up with a good attitude, right? Ben had three jobs for many years of our lives working so hard to provide for us. And he was faithful. His heart was for ministry, but he worked hard. At one point, he was delivering pizzas just to make ends meet. And there was nothing more attractive than to see a husband provide, lay aside his desires to provide for his family. God honors that. That is huge to God, that faithfulness, right, of being that husband. Um, so um, any season, abiding in the promises of God and believing for more. I was reading a book, and it was talking about how neuroimaging in our brain, it shows that as we age, the imagination part of our brain stops, and we start just living in memories. And it's really easy to get to some point of your life and be like, well, I've done it. I've been there, done that. You know, I want to rest. I want to retire. But then I say retirement is in heaven. <laughs> and even actually we're rulers in heaven. <laughs> but... God always has more. Um, Jerry, I, don't, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but Jerry, we got to go to dinner with Jerry for his 80th birthday, and he was blessing us so much, and he said, man, just even the last three years have been the best years of my life. God just encountering me in new ways. Jerry, how long have you been saved? Your whole life? 1973, he's 80 years old and still dreaming with God and having the best season of his life. Amen, right? God has so much more for us. He has not turned off that imagination, but still childlike, him and Judy. And they say, we don't feel old, we feel young, and we're still doing everything that God has called us to do. I love that. I'm copying you. I love you guys. So dreaming with God and saying there has to be more, and I don't care how blessed your life is, there's more. There's more people to reach, more things to do. If not, Jesus would be back. If Jesus is not back, we keep pressing into the more and what God has for us. Um, and so every season, and there, there is hard seasons. I was thinking of um, when I got back from Cancun that was ended up being great. I left for the mission field. I had, um, when I, before I left for the mission field and while I was in college, I had moved out and I um, was very independent, moved out and got a car. And um, I worked in the dental field and I loved the dental field and I loved the dentist I was working for and I was making great money. And the dentist was so gracious on me that I could go on the mission trip, filled for a couple of months and come back and he held my position for me so I could work. So I would work really hard and I would go and come back. Well, for Cancun, it was three months, and the, the um, dentist had switched to a different dentist. So I didn't have my, my job coming back, and I didn't have my apartment, and I didn't have my car. And so I got back, and when I came back from the mission field, I came to pretty much, it felt like nothing. All my girlfriends had gotten married, or they had houses, they were in careers, and I'm like, okay, God, what's next? And I heard nothing nothing, nothing. And um, my sister was working at Johnny Rockets, and she's like, you can work at Johnny Rockets. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, we're just laying hands on the sick, healing people, Johnny Rockets. And the Lord said, take that job. And then there was an older couple in my parents' church who gave me this huge grandma car 
with red leather in it, which I mean, I'm so blessed I had a car, but it was embarrassing. It was the most humbling season because I like hardly had any money. I'm making half of what I made and I'm working for my little sister, okay? I just feel like there's nothing happening. God, there's nothing happening. You talked about the orphanage. You had me go to Cancun, nothing. I get this huge, amazing prophetic word and I met Johnny Rockets. It doesn't add up. And the Lord said, Kara, can you do this season well? Will you be faithful? Is your identity so wrapped up in what you do or is it in who you are? I'm like, okay. So I decided I'm going to do the season well. I'm abiding in the promises and I'm going to get out of the season as fast as I can. You want to get out of a season? Have a good attitude. I was the first one at work. I worked hard. I was the last one there. I would cover shifts. I would bless my sister. I, you know, drove my car smiling. <laughs> when Ben and I started, we were engaged, we drove this car. It was hilarious. But God taught me wisdom in that season. Humility, wisdom, who I am in him. When the world looks at my life, nothing's going on. Do I, am I confident? No, I'm a daughter of God. There's a lot going on here. God's working out something great. It was six months later. Ben and I were not even dating. Six months later, I'm married and have a baby. Uh, pregnant. Not have a baby. <laughs> married and pregnant with my first. That, was, that, was that would have been dangerous. Yeah. But we had three babies in three and a half years. I mean, what I'm saying is you don't know the next season and how quickly it can come. Like, boom. How did that happen? How did I get this amazing man of God and I'm pregnant? Like, this is the best season. Be faithful where you're at. Your identity is not wrapped up in what you do. How much money you make, it is wrapped up in the Lord. Um... Oh, I wanted to get to a main part of the story. I'm getting to Judges 4. Let me get there. Um, so how faithful you are determines your next season. I really believe that. How faithful you are, and that's full of faith, determines the next season. You know, David didn't just go kill Goliath, right? He had history with God before, right? He killed a lion. He killed a bear when nobody was watching. He got no glory. But God knew he was faithful with a little, which I think a lion and bear is a lot. But he was faithful with God considered little. And he knew this is the man that will kill Goliath and give me glory. Because if he can do it in the hidden place, in the secret place, with no glory and a good attitude, I know he's going to do it. You know, and, and so he went from glory to glory to glory. And so when he got to Goliath, he's like, this ain't nothing. You know, because he, he built that up from season to season, being faithful. His maturity was there that he could handle the glory of Goliath. I mean, they were singing songs, right? Songs about David, and he got so much glory, but it didn't turn his heart from the Lord. Um, you know, success is not circumstantial. Success is being the best you in any circumstance. That's success. It's not circumstantial. We think, oh, if we just get here, we'll be successful. But are you successful? Are you the best you and where you're at right now? Without grumbling and complaining and believing God for the more. 
that successful. Um, Paul says, oh, uh, let me get to Judges. Okay, I want to talk about Judges. Judges 4 talks about two women. And I love these two women. Judges is full of heroes. It's Judges is the book when God's people kept turning away from the Lord. God's like, it's very easy. Listen to my commandments. He says, they're not empty words. They're life. Listen to them and you'll be so blessed. blessed more blessed than you can ever imagine. But if you serve other gods, then you're going to get the fruit of other gods. Well, they kept serving other gods. And God would bring a hero in to save them and get them back on the right track. And then they would fall off again. Well, in Judges 4, the hero is a woman. So I thought I would honor some women today. Actually, the Bible is so full of um, women heroes. But there's two in this book. And um, let me find it. Two in this book. Uh, Deborah, who was the prophetess, and she was the judge at that time, and um, in JL. Now, um, Deborah was in a great season. I mean, everybody's coming to her for wisdom. She's ruling the land. God has given her much. She's a ruler of much. But another character in the story is JL. JL is the wife of um, a Kenite, and she's a tent maker. And she's just about her business. She's just in her tent taking care of home life when God decides to use her in a really great way. Well, what happens is um, the Canaanite king was coming against the people, and Deborah said to Barak, who was, he was over all of the troops of Israel, Barak, God says, go, you need to go to war, and God's going to give you victory. And Brock's like, uh-uh, not without you. You're coming with me. And, you know, Deborah carried so much wisdom in the prophetic word. I thought it was kind of wise of Brock to have her with him. You know, for too many years, the church has shut out and silenced women. But we're the other half of God. There's wisdom when we come together. And the world has taken women liberty and kind of then now tried to extinguish men and put women up. And I'm thinking, that's not balanced either. I'm so for women's rights, but men's rights too. We need to be together because it's the fullness of God. Anyways, that's a whole nother message. But he grabbed Deborah and he said, you're coming with me. She goes, okay, but God is going to give the glory to a woman. He's, he was cool with that. And it wasn't Deborah. God used JL. So what happens is they, they come in and then... Um, Sethra, who was over the Canaanite army, jumped off his horse, abandoned his troops, and started running. Well, he found a tent over there, Jael's tent. And she was a Kenite, and they were on good terms with the Canaanites. So Jael's out there, and she sees the enemy coming, which to them wasn't the enemy, but she knew it was the enemy to God's people. And she loved the Israelites. And she saw them coming, so she invited him in. She said, come, take refuge in here, her in here. So he came in, Sesra, and he's so tired, and he said, do you have any water? She goes, well, I'll give you milk. So she gave him milk and a heavy blanket, and he fell asleep. And then she used what God had given her, her tent peg, and put it through his temple and killed him right at her feet. I know it's pretty, pretty gruesome, but there's so much in this story, yes, because here's JL, probably hidden, feels like she's not seen, I don't know, maybe she's thinking, why am I not like Deborah? I'm just at home making tents. I'm doing nothing. Nobody sees me. I think she was faithful where she was at. 
God has given me a tent peg. I'm good at making tents. I'm going to protect my house. She thrived. She was abiding in the promises. And God used her right where she is at with what she has. You know, when we are abiding in the promises, doing our season well, whatever that looks like, if that's little or a lot, that is the best place to be used by God. Right where you're at, God is just going to, he made her a hero. They wrote a song about her. She went down in history being faithful in this season. When the whole world didn't see her, God says, I'm the God who sees. She is faithful, and I'm going to use her, and I'm going to give her all the glory. See, she was faithful with a little, and God made her ruler of much. That's the kind of God we serve. Isn't that powerful? I love that. I love JL, and there's so much in there. She's so brave, you know, like not afraid he woke up, but you know what? God used the season of tent making to use that peg well. And she knew how to handle that peg, right? And the hammer. But what I'm saying is that season was preparing her for the next season. She could have been like, oh, this is nothing. It was everything. It was the very weapon to defeat the enemy and protect the Israelites. She was faithful in that season. Can we be faithful in glory? Sometimes God will give us a little glory. And will pride come in or can we be faithful with that? Because if not, another season of humility is right around the corner. God's really good at that. Um, I want to tell you, God never brings seasons of sickness, tragedy, or harm, ever. But the enemy really likes to bring those seasons. And even though it's not God's will, he promises to work it out for our good. So if you're in that season, how much more do we need to be abiding in the promises? This is not God's will for me. I am not going to tolerate this. Do not tolerate the schemes of the enemy in your life. Don't have false humility like God's trying to teach me something. No. He uses the word of God and the Holy Spirit. God Almighty is living inside of you. Do you think the Holy Spirit's a better teacher or sickness? The Holy Spirit. Those things don't. But if we abide in the promises of God... God can make the most horrific nightmare situation actually work out for your good. How is that possible? I don't know. But he's a God that makes everything possible. He's a great redeemer. And so even those seasons, like I know this is not God's will for my life. If it doesn't look like heaven, it's not God's will for you. Struggle, anything. But we have to be faithful. That means I'm going to have a good attitude and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to abide in the promises, believing for more. You know, our faith. Not get into victim mode. It's very easy to get into victim mode. Why me? I love God. I go to church every Sunday. Why would this happen? You know, the Bible says, why, why are you um, bewildered when trials come upon you? Because we have an enemy who hates us. And this world system hates us because we love God. And the more and more as it goes on, they're going to hate us. So we can't be surprised by that. Um, Paul says in Philippians 3, have the attitude of Christ who humbled himself. He, was the, he is the king of kings, Lord and lords, and humbled himself as man. Um, I'm going to close with this, Philippians 8, 13. I got done early. Happy Mother's Day to you ladies. <laughs> Philippians 8, 13. 
Philippians 4. Verse 8, and it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about the things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Putting into practice all that you've learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing, for the Lord of peace will be with you. And then he goes on to say, I'm so grateful, and I praise the Lord that you were concerned about me. And you know, I know you've always been concerned about me. Even for a while, you didn't have a chance to help me. Now, let me tell you what's going on. Paul's in prison. And prisoners don't get to eat unless friends and family bring food. And he's saying, I'm so thankful that you were able to take care of me, even though for a season you were not able to take care of me. And he goes on to say, like, I had a season of no food. So let's go on. And he said, even though you didn't have it, there was a, for a while you didn't have a chance to. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to get along happily, whether I have much or little. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's on a full stomach or an empty stomach with plenty or little. For I can do all things with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. You know, Paul, in the times that nobody brought food, he drew on the strength of the Lord. And he, he went back to Philippians 8. I'm going to fix my eyes on what is good and true and admirable. I'm not going to look at that empty plate, and I'm not going to listen to my growling tummy. I'm going to focus on what Jesus is doing. You know, Paul is in chains and in, in prison. And how easy would have been Paul, like, God, I have given you everything. I've laid down my life, and you let this happen. Why am I in prison? But he, you know what he says? Over and over in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. He wrote this book in prison. It's like, okay, the enemy wants to put me in prison. All right, I'll just write the most famous book of the Bible. Okay, I'm just going to encourage people. He just wrote letters and encouraged people. I'm going to encourage those. And you think you're going to get to me because I'm hungry? No, I have God. God brought Elisha food from a bird. I mean, God, could, he used a donkey to speak. God brought manna from heaven. He said, I'm going to be afraid I don't have food. No, I'm going to fast. I'm going to go on a fast. You know, he just turns it around because he said, I'm going to go through this season well, glorifying my Lord. And look, God was able to trust Paul with so much. I don't know what season you're in. Maybe it feels like a never-ending winter. <laughs> Maybe you're like, I've been abiding on the promises and I see nothing. I want to tell you, stay faithful. Stay full of faith, abiding in the promises. God is faithful. You know, I don't know why your season's lasting longer. The enemy really likes to get those who have such a huge calling on their life. Sometimes it's just hard because he's scared of you. It's the truth. So you got to stand up. And for those who are in a good season, I want to tell you, there's so much more. <laughs> You haven't even touched what God has for your life. There's so much more. I want to be 80 and say, I just had the most amazing encounter with the Lord. It just goes from glory to glory to glory. In those seasons that you feel hidden and nobody sees you, God sees your faithfulness. Nobody saw David. He was so overlooked and he became the king of Israel. God sees and God rewards. Be 
faithful. Whatever is in front of you, if it's a tent peg and a hammer, be faithful because you're going to be ready when the enemy comes. You're not going to be distracted and wishing you were somebody else. And I love JL too. She was in her home ready when the enemy came. Us mamas, we got to be the eyes and ears of our homes. The enemy comes in. And I don't want to be out of my house, out of my tent. I'm saying prophetically when the enemy comes in. I'm going to have my tent peg and hammer ready for the enemy. And he's going to fall at my feet. Being a mom, being a parent is such an important role. We've got to be there for our kids, be present. That's what they want. They want us to be present, relational. And I think we're good at that. Let's stand. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are the God who sees. You're a God of rewarder. You're a God who will infinitely do more than we ever ask or dare to dream. Would you open our eyes? We want to be mature, Lord, that you'd move us on to the next season. We say for upgrade, God, because when we're upgraded, you get more glory. It's not about us. It's about your kingdom expanding. You need, you need a bride who's going to be faithful and can be ruler over much. God, there's chaos in the earth. You need those that can help rule and, and bring heaven on earth and bring order where there's chaos and peace where there's chaos, God. So Lord, whatever season we're in, we say we will be faithful and we will be grateful. Even if it looks like little, we know more is coming. We're gonna abide in the promises and where you've been discouraged, I just release a spirit of encouragement over you. I know it gets weary for those who are weary that the Lord would strengthen you now. Holy Spirit, it says it's your power working in us. Holy Spirit, you have given us everything we need to be successful. And successful means loving you. Being in relationship with you makes us the most successful people on earth. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're turning winter to springtime. Winters into springtime, God. Promises are being fulfilled. Harvest is coming in the name of Jesus. We love you, God. It's an honor to serve you. It's an honor to be in relationship with you. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for peace, giving us peace. We can sleep at night. I just pray anybody who's not sleeping at night well, I, I say that is your inheritance deep sleep and healing over your bodies and peace. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. I'm praying Ben will be back next week. It's pretty ambitious, but God can do infinitely more than we ever ask, think, or dream. Love you.